0: In law, a summary judgment, also judgment is a matter of law or summary disposition, is a judgment entered by a court for one party against another party summarily, for example, without a full trial. Summary judgments may be issued on the merits of an entire case or on discrete issues in that case. The formulation of the summary judgment standard is stated in somewhat different ways by courts in different jurisdictions. In the United States, The presiding judge generally must find there is no genuine dispute as to any material fact and the movement is entitled to judgment as a matter of law. In England and Wales, the court rules for a party without a full trial when the claim, defence or issue has no real prospect of success and there is no other compelling reason why the case or issue should be disposed of at a trial. In common law systems, questions about what the law actually is in a particular case are decided by judges, In rare cases, jury nullification of the law may act to contravene or complement the instructions or orders of the judge or other officers of the court. A fact finder has to decide what the facts are and apply the law. In traditional common law, the fact finder was a jury, but in many jurisdictions, the judge now acts as the fact finder as well. It is the fact finder who decides what really happened, and it is the judge who applies the law to the facts as determined by the fact finder, whether directly or by giving instructions to the jury. In the absence of an award of summary judgment, or some type of pretrial dismissal, a lawsuit ordinarily proceeds to trial, which is an opportunity for litigants to present evidence in an attempt to persuade the fact finder that they are saying what really happened, and that, under the applicable law, they should prevail. The necessary steps before a case can get to trial include disclosing documents to the opponent by discovery, showing the other side the evidence, often in the form of witness statements. This process is lengthy, and can be difficult and costly. A party moving, applying, for summary judgment is attempting to avoid the time and expense of a trial when, in the moving party's view, the outcome is obvious. Typically this is stated as, when all the evidence likely to be put forward is such that no reasonable fact finder could disagree with the moving party, summary judgment is appropriate. Sometimes this will occur when there is no real dispute as to what happened, but it also frequently occurs when there is a nominal dispute but the non-moving party cannot produce enough evidence to support its position. A party may also move for summary judgment in order to eliminate the risk of losing a trial and possibly avoid having to go through discovery, for example, by moving at the outset of discovery, by demonstrating to the judge, via sworn statements and documentary evidence, that there are no material factual issues remaining to be tried. If there is nothing for the fact finder to decide, then the moving party asks rhetorically, why have a trial? The moving party will also attempt to persuade the court that the undisputed material facts require judgment to be entered in its favor. In many jurisdictions, a party moving for summary judgment takes the risk that, although the judge may agree there are no material issues of fact remaining for trial, the judge may also find that it is the non-moving party that is entitled to judgment as a matter of law. Specific Jurisdictions. United States. In the United States federal courts, summary judgment is governed by Federal Rule 56 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, derived primarily from the three seminal cases concerning summary judgment out of the 1980s. See Federal Rules of Civil Procedure 56, Salatex Corporation v. Catrett, 1986, clarifying the shifting allocations of burdens of production, persuasion, and proof at summary judgment, Anderson v. Liberty Lobby, Incorporated, 1986, Applying heightened evidentiary standard of proof and libel action to judicial assessment of propriety of summary judgment, Mitsushita Electric Industrial Company v. Zenith Radio Corporation, 1986, holding antitrust plaintiff with an inherently implausible claim was subject to dismissal at summary judgment. In American legal practice, summary judgment can be awarded by the court before trial, effectively holding that no trial will be necessary. At the federal level, a summary judgment motion in United States District Court is governed by Rule 56 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. Other pretrial motions, such as a motion for judgment on the pleadings or a motion to dismiss for failure to state a claim upon which relief may be granted, can be converted by the judge to summary judgment motions if matters outside the pleadings are presented to, and not excluded by, the trial court judge. A party seeking summary judgment or making any other motion is called the movant, usually this is defendant, the opposing party is the non usually plaintiff. Per Rule 56a, issuance of summary judgment can be based only upon the court's finding that both. There exists no disputed, genuine issue of material fact between the parties requiring a trial to resolve, and in applying the law to the undisputed facts, one party is clearly entitled by law to judgment. Here. An issue of purported fact is a potential event that the fact finder, a trial jury or judge in the case of a bench trial is charged with crediting, determining what really happened, according to the credibility of the witnesses or experts, etc. at trial. A disputed issue or fact means movement claims one thing, while non-movement makes a different, conflicting or contradictory claim. A genuine issue or fact is one that can be resolved in favor by either party, by some rational or reasonable fact finder. A material issue or fact is one that has the potential of affecting the outcome of the case or issue in dispute, judgment in favor of one party over the other. Of cardinal importance here is that, by design, the judge had no discretion at summary judgment time, all fact finding is done by the jury at trial, not by the judge at summary judgment, the judge only looks for the existence of disputed facts to be found. Summary judgment in the United States applies only in civil cases. It does not apply to criminal cases to obtain a pretrial judgment of conviction or acquittal, in part because a criminal defendant has a constitutional right to a jury trial. Some federal and state court judges publish general guidelines and sample summary judgment forms. According to Federal Judicial Center research, summary judgment motions are filed in 17% of federal cases. 71% of summary judgment motions were filed by defendants, 26% by plaintiffs. Out of these, 36% of the motions were denied, and 64% were granted in whole or in part. From a tactical perspective, there are two basic types of summary judgment motions. One requires a full evidentiary presentation, and the other requires only a more limited, targeted one. First, a plaintiff may seek summary judgment on any cause of action, and similarly, a defendant may seek summary judgment in its favor on any affirmative defense. But in other case, the moving party must produce evidence in support of each and every essential element of the claim or defense, as it would have to do at trial. To be successful, this type of summary judgment motion must be drafted as a written preview of a party's entire case in chief, that it would put before the finder of fact at trial, because all parts of an entire claim or defense are at issue. Second, a different and very common tactic is where a defendant seeks summary judgment on a plaintiff's cause of action. The key difference is that in this latter situation, the defendant need only attack one essential element of the plaintiff's claim. A finding that the plaintiff cannot prove one essential element of its claim necessarily renders all other elements immaterial and results in summary judgment for the defendant. So these motions tend to be precisely targeted to the weakest points of the plaintiff's case. It is also possible for a plaintiff to seek summary judgment on a defendant's affirmative defense, but those types of motions are very rare. Regardless of the type of summary judgment motion, there is a standardized rule-like framework for evaluating the first clause of Rule 56a, No Disputed Genuine Issue of Material Fact, formulated as the following six core summary judgment tenets of review, where the emphasized must indicate the lack of judicial discretion permitted. All Issues or Facts all, each or every, not just some, actual issues must be considered or discussed, especially, all disputed or contested genuine issues of material facts. Whole record, the entire record, whole set or totality of circumstances, not just a subset, must be considered, regarding each or every issue. In context, all issues must be considered in a holistic relationship with one another, within the whole record environment, not context-free line-by-line isolation, Patterns may emerge. Non movant Trumps Movement, tenets 1-3 must be interpreted or construed in the light most favorable or advantageous to non-movant, never to movant, and belief or credit awarded thereto, as to whether a dispute exists, not as to who wins the dispute, though either interpretation unambiguously satisfies the only question at summary judgment, which is whether or not a dispute exists. All inferences, all reasonable or justifiable logical or legal inferences or implications from tenets 1 to 3 must also be interpreted favorably to non-movement, and credit awarded thereto. Light burden, for tenets 4 to 5, non-movement bear the undemanding requirement of production only of favorable facts, and law, for example, the minimus proof or persuasion, that a rational or reasonable jury could find for non movant All fact or credibility finding must be reserved for the jury at trial. None for the judge at summary judgment.